There was an idea. The two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Binge Storm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime. We'll do what we can. So, anywho, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV, and it's still hot, so my air conditioner's still going, but I think we've got the problem like with this sideways microphone stuff I'm doing, hopefully. Uh, we, but Pat Dalmore is here with us tonight, he's back, uh, Hello. breaking his uh, rehearsal schedule for A New Hope in the Park, go see it if you're in the Seattle area soon. And we lost Terminal Hero somewhere, so we hope he's okay, but he didn't show up in the chat windows tonight, so we, we hope he just forgot about us and he's not having some kind of emergency or something. Um, so it's just going to be S2 tonight. Uh, yeah, I think he just forgot about us. That's easy to do. Especially um, when you got a wedding on the horizon. Right, yeah, the man's just got to be going full throttle, like, all the time, I would imagine. Uh, Plus, he works and stuff, so I hear that's rough, too. <laughs> anyway, we're covering uh, Preacher Season 3, Episode 7, uh, titled Hilter, and I, I realize I've been calling it Hitler for a couple weeks, because let's face it, it's really about <laughs> Hitler, but uh, and then in the uh, spirit of good taste, I, I guess Seth Rogen and company decided to call it Hilter, because that's what he's going by. Um, and uh, I want to say, kind of from the, uh, the outset, outset here that I'm a little pissed this episode, because it's called Hilter, but we don't get very much of Hilter. So it gets some really good Hilter, but uh, not very much, you know, for for an episode that's completely named after him. Right. Ella Taylor's got a great agent. Uh, yeah, or something. Yeah, man. Guy cashes a check for him. He's been on the credits all season. He, he's worked for ten minutes now, so I'm sure it was longer than ten minutes, and in real time, but still, we, we better see more. <laughs> I feel a little cheated. Uh, but I'm wondering if there wasn't any editing, last-minute editing decisions that left some of Hilter on the, the cutting room floor uh, with things like the Unite the Right rally coming up and things. I don't know. Yeah. Hitler jokes might not be as, as funny as they could be nowadays. Uh, yeah, whatever, I'll leave that for another podcast. Speaking of other podcasts, I'm, I'm trying to get our, our podcast out there. I've been, I'm a Twitter person. Um, God help me, it's a soulless black hole of despair, so don't go on it if you can possibly avoid it. But um, I'm meeting various people that I'm showing examples of our stuff too because I found one guy that does a political podcast and I'm trying to warm my way onto that because I can't talk Ooh. about that stuff here. So Yeah. <laughs> so fingers crossed uh, I might actually get on something else where I can do my, my therapeutic rants about the world at large. Um, but <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, so Hitler, our buddy Noah Taylor, works at a sandwich shop called Maxi Grinders <laughs> Subway, 
um, <laughs> under the name David Hilter, and he's, he's employee of the month, too. And uh, a co-worker asks him to cover for him while he goes and meets a woman that he's hooking up from Target or something to that effect. I'm wondering why, you know, Target can get an actual mention in this and, and Subway doesn't, because that was clearly a Subway. Or maybe there is a Maxi Grinders. I don't know. Um, but it looked like a Subway to me. Uh, so Hitler's on his break, and his coworkers are grumbling about things that coworkers will grumble about. And they ask for a Hitler's opinion. And uh, Hitler blames the Jews, of course, and goes on uh, a just beautiful, and I hate to say beautiful, but basically Noah Taylor, you know, took one of, uh, you know, Hitler's famous screaming rant speeches and, and turned it into, a, you know, a beautiful thing, you know, about the Jews in America and everything. And, and he just did it all in German, too, with the subtitles, so that was nice. At least I think most of it was German. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how accurate I think it was, they were on uh, that. <laughs> I think it was Looney Tunes German. Yeah, it was German English or something like <laughs> that. Uh, right, it was effective, and, and man, you know, I kept envisioning, envisioning Noah Taylor now in, in the movie Downfall. I don't know if you know the movie Downfall. Yes. But uh, we could make the similar Downfall memes with Noah Taylor with that scene, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Well, uh, we said... He did play Hitler in that movie, uh, Max. Yeah, too. yeah, so we caught that. But yeah, he, he does a good Hitler. That's a good thing. But, uh, he, you know, he's declaring that it's time for revolution. And, his, you know, I don't think any of his coworkers spoke German, but they're all like, yeah, yeah, man. And getting right behind the passion of this guy. And uh, all of a sudden, the Saint of Killers arrives uh, at the sandwich shop with uh, Eugene Toe, of course. And, well,. Hilter is literally drawing up his conquest plans on some napkins. Um, Mr. Rendezvous comes back for a second and tries to stop the saint, but he gets his head squished against the window for his troubles. And uh, Hitler refuses to accompany the saint, but that, of course, doesn't go very well, and the saint marches off through a field with Eugene and Hitler in chains into our opening credits. And that's all we see of them. Whole episode. Spoilers. I figured maybe they'd come back to a scene at the end or something. They've done that before. Me too. It's nothing, man. It's like, so we better be getting some more Noah Taylor if you tease us like that, guys. Um, I think uh, if I've seen correctly in the previews, the devil shows up again next episode. So uh, yeah, I have a feeling we might be seeing him next episode. <laughs> so Jesse and Tulip send Madame Boyd's body into the swamp on a floating funeral pyre, uh, a Cajun Viking funeral, I guess. And a Grail helicopter arrives, and Jesse welcomes Star and Featherstone back to Angelville. Over to our Cassidy story, he's playing pool with the uh, Le- Les Enfants du Sang headquarters, and, and uh, regales followers with tales from Woodstock. <laughs> Cassidy took the brown acid, apparently. Um, Carius uh, pulls him aside. Uh, by the way, Hero, I don't know, you probably didn't get a chance to listen. I don't know if you listened to this one, but I, I played Lady Marmalade on you on last episode for you because you wanted to hear it. I heard it. Yeah, the, the Christina Aguilera version, too. So. Had to do it. We aim to please. We aim to copyright pirate. Um, Cassidy uh, playing pool, giving tails, and Carius pulls him aside. He shows Cassidy a lavish coffin for him to sleep in. Cassidy's like, oh, you should do bathroom floors and beanbag chairs. Um, 
But thanks anyway. And Curious asked him if he would like to bite Lisa, the original vampire date that he had at that evening's uh, blood ceremony, but Cassidy originally declines. And they have a send-off ceremony for Deng, the guy that was turned in the last episode, and he tells, uh, Carius tells Deng that it's time to fly, and uh, Lisa explains to Cassidy that Carius is uh, taking Deng to the airport to become a vampire ambassador, and part of uh, Carius' 50-year effort to make the world safer for vampires. You get a uh, kind of a little montage of, you know, chapters being set up around the world, and, and Dang, presumably starting his in France somewhere. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Jesse and Star sit down with Grandma to discuss terms of releasing Jesse from his debt, and Star even offers to refill her slave quarters for her, uh, or maybe get her a TV show about Voodoo Granny. Um, <laughs> but she cuts off his offers by pulling her catheter out and pissing on his foot. So, well, well done there, Grandma. And she says, I want souls. Yeah, Hoover leaves a message with Star to tell him he's, he's about to capture Cassidy, maybe. Uh, Hoover enters a confession booth in a cathedral and gives a secret password to the priest, which is uh, that he's been feeling like he wants to wear Miley Cyrus's skin, like a pelt. That's the password, I guess, and the booth descends underground, or Hoover really just needed to get that off his chest. And the booth descends underground and brings Hoover to a gym filled with priest assassins training and nuns, I might add. And he tells the Monsignor that he wants to catch a vampire. Uh, Tulip and Featherstone bicker while waiting in the kitchen with T.C. and Jody. And T.C. tells us how he is good with wounds. You know, he's, he's eyeing uh, Featherstone's nose. He's still looking quite rough from, from Tulip not sucker punching her. Um... He once took a pig's heart, apparently, and put it in an Irish setter, and the dog lived for days. So, yeah, send all your medical problems to TC. <laughs> that is a pretty impressive feat, though, I must must admit. Featherstone mentions Genesis and accuses Tulip of always screwing things up for Jesse. And Jesse asks Star if he has contacts at Soul Happy Go-Go, our favorite soul harvesting place there, and uh, Star says that the Grail owns it, so he can easily send an infiltration unit to obtain souls from the warehouse in Osaka. He would have it just sent Federal Express, but the All-Father would catch wind of it. Um, of course, it's on the condition that he can borrow Jesse immediately, and Grandma agrees but threatens to kill Jesse with her magic, and she demonstrates this by slamming up against the wall with the napkin. Uh, if Star doesn't follow through, Tulip and Featherstone fight in the kitchen. Good good little girl fight. Um, Star orders Featherstone to fly to Osaka and admits to Jesse that uh, procuring the souls will be a little bit harder than he made it seem. Uh, industry standard lies, uh, as, as it were. Jesse sends Tulip along. Um, Lisa, our vampire wannabe, is laying on the table for the blood ceremony. Cassidy has apparently reconsidered his decision. And he recites his lines and then turns her and everyone claps. And Acarius comforts Cassidy and assures him that it's okay if turning Lisa felt good. Star is consulting a map and shows Tulip and Featherstone where the Soul Happy Go-Go headquarters are located. And he tells them they will travel undercover as mid-level Grail operatives. And Tulip's got to wear the suit. Tulip complains to Jesse about his plan, but uh, Jesse reminds her that they're out of options. He reveals his plan to kill Grandma with Genesis if he returns to Angelville before Tulip. 
And Tulip worries the Featherstone will push her buttons and cause her to ruin Jesse's plans, but he assures her that she won't fail. Cassidy and Acarius do another uh, heavy read my uh, can you read my mind scene from Superman the movie <laughs> flying through the sky and Acarius even does the little drop thing to see if see if Cass can fly on his own but and it's it's a little depressing watching this today because they just ruled uh, uh, Margot Kidder her death was apparently a suicide and that sucks yeah that was that was a hard blow to take. Yeah. Not, not unexpected, unfortunately, if you've been no. following her through the years and some of her problems. Oh, well. They drink absinthe, absinthe at a bar. Absinthe, buffer, and succotash. Um, Cassidy, with the big assist from Macarius, hypnotizes two women into kissing him and, and Macarius. And on the street, Cassidy is chatting with Macarius, who's in cat form, while... <laughs> You know, Cassidy's trying to transform himself. Not having a lot of luck with all of the Icarus powers that he's trying to learn. Um, and Hoover points him out to the Monsignor, who tells his crew to get ready. So Tulip asks Jesse to check on Cassidy while he's in New Orleans with Star. And then Star, Featherstone, and TC watches T- Jesse and Tulip share a little romantical moment. And then poor Featherstone tries to get like a romantical goodbye from Star, but that ain't happening. Um, how poor was that poor woman yeah. that whole scene <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you when I'm on the plane he's like why he's <laughs> <laughs> like why <laughs> TC tries to strike up a conversation with Star then, which is pretty funny but he says excuse me and just pretends to take a phone call and just sits there <laughs> you know, with a dial tone to his ear that he's going to hear <laughs> Uh, Grandma tears up over Jesse's departure aw, and threatens to send him to hell if he doesn't get her soul. So uh, Jesse comforts her and promises, oh, he'll return with revenge in his eyes. Uh, back to Cassidy, just a funniest scene. Um, he gets hit with tranquilizer. He's sitting there talking to Acarius and all of a sudden gets hit with one dart, looks down and gets hit with another dart and another dart and falls to the ground. And the Catholics uh, shine deadly floodlights on Acarius, UV lamps, I'm assuming. And Cass wakes up. A, a nun comes over to, to do away with Cass or capture him. And he, he's like, I've got, you know, built up quite a tolerance to tranquilizers out of the, over the years. How's yours? And it just rips one out of his chest and plunges it into her. And then he attacks the priests. And we, we get to see super badass Cassidy that reminds me of his first scene in season one. It was kind of nice. We really seen him tear loose, like with vampire rage, you know, in a while. Cassidy finds Acarius's cape and despairs, and Acarius shows up alive and well in mouse form. And, and Cassidy's just overwhelmed with that, and then morphs back to a human. And Cass worries that he's endangering Acarius, but Acarius assures them that they will fight together and. They kiss quite passionately, Aww. and so and the, and you know where's the where's the articles? You know, I, I'm one of those guys that kind of gripes about how a lot of I'm, I'm very much a lefty and social justice person and all that, but I, I get kind of annoyed with some of the groups that are like we're not you know well enough represented and stuff in like the Marvel movies mostly, and you know we should have gay sex scenes in superhero movies just to prove that gay people have sex in superhero movies and stuff like that. Whatever. Make a superhero movie. But we finally get some pretty good bisexual, at least, vampire representation in this one. And haven't seen anyone write boo about it yet. So that's kind of distressing. But 
There it is. I, I think mean, their eye is not their eye is not turned toward anything <laughs> Seth Rogen is doing. Probably not. No, no. They've probably kind of written him off as you know. Yep. Kind of the you know low rent druggy movie type guy, which he's done well. You know, he's carved himself a little niche there, but he does some pretty goddamn good TV drama too. So there you go. Um, so that's a nice little subplot, and it kind of fits in with you know I think uh, they've kind of always portrayed uh, Cassidy as kind of pansexual, you know, or vampires in general kind of are, I think. And so that fits in nicely. Two living Featherstones sit next to each other on a plane. Uh, Featherstone grabs in the in-flight magazine and pisses Tulip off, and she tries to keep her cool. Counts to ten, stuff like that. Uh, Lisa sits in the car with the carriers to be driven off to the airport. And he tells her that there is no plane and proceeds, proceeds to kind of denounce vampires, calling himself the worst kind of vampire, and he kills her. And um, he leaves her ashes by some railroad tracks, which presumably has all the remains of his other victims that he was going to d- let fly, you know, take to the plane and, and spread his empire. So I don't remember if this was the case in the comics. I don't recall it, and I haven't gotten back to it, but it was actually kind of a twist because I didn't remember if it went that way in the comics or not but so that's this is presumably where Icarus is getting his his ramped up powers as he makes vampires and he just eats them and probably gets some of their their juice that way so that was interesting I loved the the image of him driving you know having the driver's side of the car in complete shadow and the passenger side mm-hmm. in sunlight but I was I was happy that he was not sending vampire ambassadors out into the world because everything everything is with vampires is a metaphor and I was like once he said that was what he was doing I was like these are AIDS parties they're having mm. I was like this is you know what the this is what the conservatives think that the, that you know the gays are up to right yeah Have like way. a big party and give somebody AIDS and send them out to be. I didn't even think of that angle of it, but I could see how how the right brain could fucking form that one, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just a simple man. I'm just like, vampires, yay. Uh, <laughs> no, I've, I have loved this vampire. Yeah, I do too. I really like this, this story arc. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was kind of a weird twist seeing that, oh boy, okay, that's how he's going to eventually... Uh, Cassidy's <laughs> gonna have to get away from him because, uh, yeah, he's not one of the good ones, apparently. Uh, yeah, so on the way to the Grail offices, Star promises to return Jesse's soul on the condition that Jesse promises not to betray him once he uses uh, Genesis again. And Star and Jesse arrive at the offices in New Orleans. Uh, Hoover calls Star to inform him that he has lost Cassidy again, and Star orders him to continue the mission. Uh, in his colorful way that he does. That was great. That was great dialogue. Yeah. I'm afraid I let you down, and I will let you down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I next see you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, TC, while painting Grandma's toenails, asks her what Genesis is. Um, You know, and she's like, she's like, it's a book of a Bible. You know, you really are, she makes some, insult at him. I forgot what it is. You really are dim or something like that. Oh, you are you really are an empty basket full of empty baskets, aren't you? Or something like that. (laughs) You remember that one. Um, 
And uh, but he's like, "No, nah, I know what Genesis is. What is the Genesis?" And Grandma perks up and, and clearly kind of knows what he's talking about and asks where he heard Where'd that about. Did you ever hear about a thing like that? Yeah. So Carius <laughs> snuggles up to Cassidy asleep in his coffin, and they start doing some lovey-dovey stuff again. And uh, Star and Jesse ride the elevator. And Star tells Jesse if he wants his soul, he must kill him. And Jesse's like, what the fuck? Who? You know. And suddenly the elevator doors open to reveal the all-father waiting for them. And then Star holds the gun to Jesse's head. And he's like, Jesse Custer, as uh, requested, sir. And, uh, episode ends. So, uh, I actually have a couple nitpicks, but you can go ahead and say your piece, Pat. Um... The actors are having a blast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell Betty Buckley is having a great time. I I love how they decided to do Jody and TC in this. I do, too. I, it's much more the, uh, you know, if you've ever hung out with some somebody from the Deep South that doesn't talk much, and when they do, you can't quite figure out what direction they're coming from. And well, I've hung out with people from the far north that probably should be in the Deep South. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily a geographic thing, more of a mindset. <laughs> yes. But but yeah, they are kind of nailing the feel of it. Yeah. Continue, I'm sorry. Um <clears throat> Vampires are great. Uh I was sorry to see uh what was her name? Lisa was the one that got uh got made dead in this. Yeah. She was a sweetheart of a girl. I was yeah. kind of—I kind of thought they could have done more with that. Showed what what she would have been like as a vampire. Well, at least they I didn't think... do that poor guy. That uh, what was it? I forget his name, but whoever it was, his grandmother was in the basement. Yeah, uh, uh, I imagine he'll go last because Zacharias needs the basement. <laughs> um, we haven't seen it played out. Uh, was the episode before where he talked about if you if you pick a good person to turn, they'll stay good yeah yeah like your your son went evil not because it was uh vampirism but because he was a bad he was a bad guy to begin with i'd like to see that get played with a little bit more well they probably will when they tell Icarius's human backstory but... right well it sounds like he doesn't believe it like that was kind of his platform it's like i hate yeah. I'm, i hate that i'm he kind of is a self-loathing vampire that wants to just he still wants to be powerful and just wants to destroy anyone else who wants to be a vampire. So maybe. Well, maybe he's just power hungry. But I'm glad that this is less of a bottle show than it was last season. This last season was all in that friggin' apartment building. Yeah, yeah, it, got it was. got really samey really fast, and yeah. this has been the most fun season of Preacher so far. Um, I think Jesse, you know, blew up Madame Boyd's body because they would have done shit with it if yeah, just they, sunk her. Yeah, they, she probably would have resurrected her and fucking stuck her in the tombs or something. Uh, that's kind of my nitpick, though. I'm wondering if the whole Madame Boyd thing was even necessary. I feel like the show's spin it, spinning its wheels a little bit now. Um, and maybe I'm just pissed off that I didn't get more Hitler. Send your angry letters to cheapscottproductions at gmail.com. Um... <laughs> I just, I don't know, I feel like we've kind of done this whole, it's like, okay, we gotta get Grandma more souls, and then Jesse can pay off his debt, and uh, I just almost feel like we could have skipped the Madame Boyd thing completely and gone right to the grail, getting her souls. 
I don't know how you feel about that. I'm trying to think of an instance where that whole subplot was absolutely necessary. Yeah. Other than to get TC an excuse to get naked with a goat, of course. That we needed. We definitely needed that, but <laughs> I'm sure there were other ways to get that into the narrative, too. I mean, uh, I have no problem with them putting a you know cute actress on a TV show. Right. And Madam Boyd was quite cute, although I feel like it, it sort of puts it puts in there that um, Jesse has, you know, a preference as far as his women are concerned mm. where they'd already, they'd already established that, you know, he and Tulip were true love since they were children. But I almost think you could have uh, made better use of Madame Boyd by keeping her alive. It's like, you know, she's done, yeah. her story's done, so I mean, no more flashbacks even. I guess there wasn't any more past with her and Jesse, but there could have been some future tension there, love triangle stuff maybe, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, just a general antagonist for the, the Langelle family or whatever. But Are I don't any know. of her lieutenants still around? No, no, I remember Jody went and pretty much cleaned shop when he, he kidnapped her, so he pretty much slaughtered everybody, so it's just like they were kind of a disposal plot line. That's, that's why I'm just wondering if maybe, maybe we could have seen some more Hitler and Eugene this episode, I don't know. <laughs> Just uh, are they, does it say on uh, the IMDb how many more episodes they're in? Uh, well, probably. probably being in every episode because their names are in the opening credits. But uh, no, not sometimes, necessarily. Sometimes they'll have the credit only thing. Yeah, but, no, because Curious was only in like four of them. I think he's in. I the remember. Rest you, of them. Yeah, you were, were saying six. Yeah, yeah. for Curious. Next episode's called The Tom Brady, so that <laughs> could be interesting. I'm sure my girlfriend, the Patriots fan, will be on pins and needles for that one. Uh, yeah, let me see what Ian Coletti's got for episodes. I almost don't like doing this because then it kind of spoils some things. But yep. um, Wow, no. See, I hope they just haven't updated yet. They're saying this is the only episode he's in other than the last one. Now, talk about your wasted plot lines. Yeah, there's no way, man. They've got a... I mean, IMDb's not always very accurate with that, but... Um, wow. That would suck. If that's it, that's that's a complete waste of time. Yeah, it is. That's Unless they already know they got that next season coming up, but that would be just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've got to be back, because they've got to get the saint and him back to hell and shit. So let's see what McTavish is going on. They've got now. I'll bet. I'll bet they've only updated it up to next week. Then maybe because there's got to be that more of the be. saint. The saint only goes up to this episode too, on IMDb anyway. Uh, let's see if yeah, no, if that whole if that whole plot of him getting them back is just to go. Saint of all killers is still here. Right. This is one of the things he does. Yeah, there's no way. Well, there's got to be a reckoning with uh, with Jesse and uh, R's face, too. Yeah, I, actually, the guy that played the devil was only listed for that one episode when I looked it up a couple weeks ago. So okay. he, he was obviously in more. So I think they're just behind or AMC's maybe not giving them, giving them the heads up on it. Or, you know, they're keeping that under wraps, which is, would be good. But, yeah, we got to see more. You can't just not have the Saint... Hitler and Eugene. I guess you could just like, oh, Satan, uh, Hitler and Eugene got back to hell fine, and you know, but you still got to have the saint do stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 thinking IMDb is not very accurate in this case, but 
Oh, there's Carol. We missed you, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he forgot. He says hi. I'll tell him hi back. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so I, I'm sure we'll be seeing more. But as I said, that was a little bit too much of a tease for me. It kind of put me, well, it really pissed me off when they didn't get back to him. I'm like, okay, well, we'll go do other stuff and we'll get back to them. But, the Tom Brady could be anything. Who knows? I don't remember him being in the books, but maybe. <laughs> Not as long. Is there an actor on the show that looks like Tom Brady? That does? Uh, does Jody look like Tom Brady? No, I mean okay, because I could see him him <laughs> him showing up in Japan. Right. And that's his cover name. It's Tom Brady, and everybody gets. Really I, I swear he was referenced somewhere earlier in this. You know, either the last season or the one before, for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. It remains to be seen. I keep having uh, the Kill Bill Japan arrival music in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much any, anything I see. Yeah, anything I see yeah. now. Thanks, Quentin. <laughs> uh, Quentin's ruined a lot of things for me that way. <laughs> enhanced. We'll say enhanced. Uh, yeah, I've got... There's, consumed so many movies in my 50-ish years that I've pretty much anything that I view or experience is through a lens of some kind of music, moving music or scene or sound effects or lines or whatever. It's a curse sometimes. It's amazing my girlfriend even knows what I'm talking about half the time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if they got... Um this crew to do the next uh, Defenders. Oh, I think it would be a lot more a lot more fun than the first Defenders. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there are any plans for any more Defenders from what I've been reading. But uh, I'm not crying too hard about that, honestly. No, uh, if they can keep, I, I question how long they're even going to be able to keep the the Netflix shows going with Disney doing this. We're going to take over the world with our streaming service thing. Uh, but we'll see. We're going to get at least another Luke Cage, and apparently Iron Fist 2 is coming up and looks pretty good so far. And Daredevil and Daredevil 3. Yep. And supposedly Jessica Jones 3 was started filming not too long ago. Oh, so right. they're Sweet. And when is that? Sounds good. Um, I switched to do a, uh, a Punisher 2 before they're finished. Oh, I'm thinking that that'll get another one, too. Yeah, that's in production now, too, actually. Because okay. I've seen set photos of Jigsaw spoilers. We kind of nice. knew that guy was going to end up being Jigsaw. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that'll be ramped right up to eleven. It'll be nice. Yeah, can you imagine a, a superhero like show where they were having like all these like separate, totally crazy adventures that where it didn't feel like Buffyish at all? Yeah. That's what I like about Preacher is it doesn't feel Buffy-ish. No, no. It, it takes Ever since it's... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's been the template for every show of that ilk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they do their, you know, cutesy pop reference jokes and stuff too, but it's mostly right through the filter you'd expect it from, which is Cassidy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his, his obsession with Coen Brothers movies <laughs> and the like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the way it should be, man. If you're going to do your culture references, do it through a 119-year-old vampire, by all means. 
Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. If Gilpin showed up on uh, Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. I need to like follow his career after this show just to see whatever else he does. He was on a superhero show before this. Really? Which one? The Misfits is a British show. Oh, huh. Damn. It's got a, a, bunch, a bunch of people from Game of Thrones in it, too. No shit. Yeah, that's usually the case. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, that might actually be on Netflix, too. Excellent. Uh, yeah, as I said, I don't know. A little disappointed in this episode. I, and I just really kind of think I would have... I don't think I'm alone. If anyone ever emailed us and gave us feedback, I'm fairly certain I wouldn't be alone in thinking that um, maybe we've stayed a little too long. I, I get the impulse to drag Angelville out for the whole season. That's probably a good thing, but I think they maybe should have done this little side mission things just a little sooner and gone right for the grail. Because um, you don't want to cost any time with the grail stuff either. I mean... Adam Boyd stuff was good and was a good actress to play her and it was a nice little vision into Jesse's past but again I don't know if it moved the plot any more than it than it, you know that we really needed it that much but I think they're gonna off uh, off the all father the way they did in the comics that's like um, the one yeah one of the images I remember very very well from the <laughs> I, I hope I'm betting because I, I think yeah my prediction would be that Jesse gets Genesis back and Ask him to jump out the window or something, and Humperdue's standing down there at the bottom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've already seen him crush someone's head, so why not go for it? Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I like Star's one comment when he's talking to Hoover. I think it's like, I am two giant buttocks away from <laughs> being squished into jelly or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's tiptoeing is brilliant and all the other stuff I've seen him into and it's funny it's funnier because you know that he's played hair star yeah yeah um, he's in he's in the, that movie uh, the Danish girl which mm-hmm. is about uh, oh, like the first the, uh, transgender uh, surgery and he's right. the first that Eddie Redmayne goes to and he's you know very much like hair star just you know I see yeah. how have you ha- have you been a woman <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, yeah. I love his little condom hat this episode, too. Yep. It was your know, TC remarked on it as well. Um, I'm sure that's coming off again soon. Uh, but yeah, man, you said these actors are just, him in particular, just seem to be having a freaking blast in the show. And yet they still keep it grounded. And He's probably the least serious of all of them, but that's by design. I mean, Cassidy's the funny one, quote-unquote, but Star is just more un- unintentionally hilarious just because of his character. He's just such a caricature, but he works as a caricature. Uh, wow. Nothing but good stuff. Uh, so, well, and the, the, the other uh, Grail agent, the not Featherstone guy, he has to... He's got to crack up after he delivers every line, too. Yeah. yeah. He's killing it, too. He's just... Uh, yeah, it can't be easy. <laughs> He's trying to play the kind of bumbling straight man that occasionally mm-hmm. tries to be funny or endearing and fails miserably at it. <laughs> and the interesting little... Uh, I think this dynamic is in the comics a bit, too, that Featherstone did kind of have an obsession with uh, Star and, and Hoover you know, was in love with her, basically. 
I can't remember that closely. I'm about to hit those chapters again in the books. Kind of stalled after the... Uh, stalled the, the, whole thing. the Jesus Desaad stuff. Yeah, I don't know whether to continue or not. Cause it's, it's, as I've said before, I, I want... I start seeing the actors on the pages now, and it's interrupting the flow of what Garth Ennis originally intended. <laughs> I don't want to make Steve Dillon come back and haunt me or anything. Cool. All right. Well, it sounds like it's about the time for the nicotine fits to start children, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it a night, I guess. Uh, well, uh, find me on... Uh letterbox under uh cantley i have been reviewing a lot of uh popeye cartoons nice hey, i don't even know when you fucking sleep man it's astounding the amount of things you put out in review and and do you, you've got your youtube channel where you read books and stuff and you just you have like five clones of yourself just admit it right i guess <laughs> doing a play you read books on youtube you do podcasts with us and your own pimp your own too while we're here oh yes uh next generation's first generation which is spending its summer at uh two true freaks we just put our commentary up for the movie big and our nice. next one will be uh billow which is already in the can and nice. who framed Roger rabbit is already in the can so that'll be uh august and september uh, respectively and i think after that, it'll be uh, Alien Nation and Beetlejuice, nice. which we have yet to record. And on this very podcast, we we, we still have a, a Shamalama Ding Dong podcast coming out for you. Yeah. Soon, um, which we're going to do some good stuff with, hopefully. Um, Got to get a Fear the Walking Dead cast out first in this one, and then we'll start chopping into that one. But I've got, like, the full soundtrack for both Unbreakable and Split. And... Uh, some other treats, hopefully. The soundscape of it all. So we'll be getting yeah, that stuff real soon. I think this is our 61st episode, maybe, of oh, wow. Heroics. That's a neat dude. Uh, hard to believe. But that's uh, it for Pat Delmore. I'm Scott McGregor. Uh, Hero will hopefully be back next week. I mean, you guys are probably going to have to do a week yourselves after that, as I've warned you. Yep. Um, and shit, what are we next? This coming week is episode eight, and we've got like five left of the season. And a lot of stuff to do, so hopefully they don't give us any more disposable plots and just get stuff done. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Fortunately, if season two is anything to go by, they very well might. Keeping my fingers crossed for an announcement on season four here soon. It shouldn't be too Me much too. longer. Uh, AMC tends to jump the gun on those more than anything, so I'm a little nervous that it's gone half the season without hearing anything. But uh, it was the same thing happened last year too. We didn't we recorded our final episode and didn't know if that was the. That's right. Yeah. Not. Don't do that to me again, Seth. Come on, we want to know. We want to know how long our, our drug is going to last so we can make arrangements. <laughs> So that's Weekly Heroics. We'll be back next week whenever next week gets here. Bye now. Bye-bye.